Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangroofern.com Hi, everybody. My name is Scott Carson, and I am uh, out of Austin, Texas. And I want to say thank you for everybody for having me on PodFest. I'm honored to be here. And uh, I plan in the next 30, 45 minutes to share some nuggets on what has helped me become a successful podcaster. So for the last uh, 11 years, I've been the CEO of a company called WeCloseNotes.com. Now, I'm in a real estate investor by trade, I guess you say, during the day. And I focus on a very niche within a niche. All right. Yes, I'm a real estate investor, but what I do here in the in the states is I buy distressed mortgages. I buy distressed debt. I'm one of three or four people in the entire United States that's that not only invests in the snake of the woods. There's more than four people invest, but that actually teach uh, this specific niche within the niche of real estate investing. It's a small niche, and I'm one of really four people that have taught this. And and there's a few more people coming up, but not people that have been doing it for over ten years like I have. And so uh, I've been marketing for quite a while using webinars and video and stuff like that. But I was really kind of hesitant to start a podcast. Now, I've been podcasting for four years with my first show being the uh, the Note Closer Show podcast. It's uh, our megawatt blowtorch that helps us uh, really with our main business. And that's what I really want to talk about is the riches and the niches and why going narrow and going very focused in your niche can really help you explode your podcast if you know how to use it and how to market it. Now, I was hesitant against doing a podcast. Like I said, I've been doing webinars for years on training, and uh, I have the Note Night in America webinar that I've been doing basically about eight years now, almost every Monday night to my audience as a webinar in Zoom like this. we doing it live, and then we would share it through Zoom via video and you know, then rebroadcast to YouTube and Facebook and some other places. But I was very hesitant to do a podcast. I thought it would take a lot of work. And for some people, it does take a lot of work. I didn't have a lot of bandwidth. Although I have a team, I'm a kind of a one-take guy. Hey, I'll take record it and throw it up there. I don't care if there's a couple errors. It allows people to see that I'm a normal person. All right? So I've been doing these webinars. And then uh, a student of mine had actually started a podcast on Note Investor. I was very proud of them, excited for it. But I really didn't want to step on their toes. And then when they informed me of the success they were having, and then a few months later, they stopped their podcast because these two guys went their separate ways. I knew that there was an opportunity. So we started the Note Closure Show about that time, about four years ago. Actually, August 20th was our first actual podcast episode. But we started before that in November of 2016 by doing Facebook Lives. And I saw how powerful video was doing. Facebook was coming out with a Facebook Live feature. I saw one of the guys from Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington, at an event in Vegas talking about such the importance of doing video and starting with a video marketing site. So I was like, okay, podcasts were starting to pop up. We weren't really. I said, well, let's do a video. Let's do a daily video. Yes, daily. We'll do a, a daily Facebook Live and just share with our network online and our audience kind of what we're doing in the office on a day in and out basis. What's going on at, at We Close Notes or WSCN as we call it? And go to WeCloseNotes.com to see everything that we do. So we started as Facebook Live, basically just shooting with my smartphone, my iPhone. 
having one of my assistants hold it. The video, the episodes would be like eight minutes to 45 minutes long. We would do it straight to Facebook Live, download the video, and throw it up on YouTube. And we did this daily, uh, Monday through Friday for 149 days. Okay. Basically 30 weeks over half a year. Like I said, from November to August before a friend of mine said, Hey, you really need to commence to do a podcast. And then our friends that started a podcast had stopped. So, but why did we focus on the niche? Because look, I have a small, there may be 20, 30, 40,000 people total in the United States that focus on this niche of real estate investing. Obviously, real estate investing is a much broader topic, not only here in the United States, but across the world. I didn't want to be in just another real estate podcast. I didn't want to be that neutral because that's vanilla. Nobody really wants to go to the store to buy vanilla. If they do, they end up buying different flavors. They add some chocolate swirl or sprinkles. So I wanted to stand out. And when I looked at what was going on, when I started reviewing podcasts and iTunes and search like that, there really weren't any other note investing podcasts. And so I was like, okay, the one, I know that they were stopping. We've got an opportunity to, to dive in this. So we've discovered something though, as we were doing these Facebook lives prior to launching the podcast and really episode 150 is that we were building a following. We would go live the same day, usually at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, my time. And over those 149 episodes on Facebook Live, when we went back and looked at the numbers, and we all know that Facebook only really has about a 24 to 48-hour life cycle for video views if you're going to do live or upload videos, we still saw a total of over 150,000 views and a ton of engagement on that Facebook Lives and those videos. And so we were on to something, and we said, okay, great. We've got an audience. We've got people that will show up on a regular basis would be great if we ever ended up with a million downloads, we go to podcasts, but I'm not really interested. I don't expect that. I don't expect that at all. So we started the Note Closure Show podcast, official podcast, which is just Facebook Live. August 21st was our first episode, and we would crank out three to five episodes a week. Now, I know that's a lot of work, especially for editing the stuff yourself, but I started off by hiring a podcast production company who did all the heavy lifting. We got immediately went to a couple of our sponsors um, or our vendors that we use on a regular basis. We were already referring business to them. And, and the fact that we were doing roughly 20 plus episodes a week, we that gave us spots to have three or four episodes each month to fit, fit in and do sponsor uh, sponsored episodes where the episode was just about where we'd have them on. So that immediately we had four sponsors almost immediately. And so that helped us out with at least four grand a month coming in on sponsors that covered our production costs, which were about 2000, 20 episodes. So we were immediately in the black and that was a smart thing. And now our sponsors liked it because we were very specific on our niche. We were also referring business to them. They saw immediate impact. We have them on for an episode discussing a class or an event or social or something like that. They saw immediate impact with people signing up on the links provided or showing up on their stuff, you know, their live webinars or their events. So it was a, a total win-win. And I would highly encourage you to look for vendors or sponsors that can fit within your niche that serve your audience, people that you already use, all right? Vendors that you already use, you like and trust because that will build like and trust with your audience. So we started cranking out these episodes, three to five a week. And I know that seems like a lot, especially if this is not your main thing, but with show, being directly in line with what we teach at We Close Notes, it was, we took the approach of a marketing first mindset. Now, what does that mean? 
a marketing first mindset is we start the day off marketing. Okay. Not waiting till the end of the day. We started off with the idea. Okay. What are we going to talk about today? Who are we going to have on the show? Am I going to be on somebody else's show? That's what I'm always looking at when I start me marketing first is what's we are going to dedicate at least an hour, if not two hours to start the day off marketing what we do. And like I said, that's either me recording an episode or live streaming an episode or me speaking on somebody else's podcast as a guest to talk about what we do and the note investing side and things like that. And I target real estate. I do target generic real estate investing podcasts of all type because we are a niche and it's a a subject matter that most people don't know about, but they growing, they have a lot of growing interest in it with the markets being in a turmoil like they are. So that's what I mean by marketing first in my niche. Um, I'm very particular about half my episodes are me teaching. The other half is me having a guest on who will serve my audience. I don't bring on a lot of apartment investors or generic real estate people. I bring on vendors, students of mine, note, other note investors that will add value or vendors, like I said, that offer service that my audience will use. I don't want generic. Real estate, I get a lot of apartment syndicators wanting to be on. I only allow one apartment guy on, basically a quarter. Everything else is more about me. Now, the fact that I am a niche, it makes it really desirable that my biggest sponsor is actually me. Yes, I have sponsors. I've had a, a, a attorney sponsor. I have a self-directed IRA company, a credit optimization and repair company, I guess you could say. We've had a few other, a, a VA company, some other sponsor along the way. But... I am my biggest sponsor. And I think you really, if you're starting off as a podcaster, you really need to look at you being your number one sponsor in promotion. So we, we run ads about our classes. We do teach workshops. I teach a, uh, start teaching a monthly workshop, a one day workshop for like 49 bucks. It's live. We record it. So the replays go out. Now I also use that one day class for bucks as a teaser, as a giveaway on other podcasts I'm speaking on. And if you don't, aren't teaching something, everybody can teach something, or maybe you can put together a class and bring three to four of your peers together, people that you would want to learn from, and put a class around them. Do it once as a replay, or maybe it's a something you do on a regular basis with four different people. I've seen it done in a variety of ways, but always seen it done successfully because you're providing content. And if you're surrounding yourself with peers and thought leaders, you automatically become a peer leader, but they're in my niche. The niche you will see that, something that will add value to my audience. So we give away that $49 class all the time, and I can track which podcast I'm on because I use keywords and stuff like that. Hey, if you want to learn about what I'm talking about today, sign up for at noteweekend.com. Use the code NEST or the code CASHFLOW, whatever it might be in my niche, and that helps me attract audience. I also use that uh, on my um, uh, Clubhouse profile, too. Um some of you guys are probably using Clubhouse. It's kind of an audio version as well, too. I use that in my bio. I encourage you to go and check out my Clubhouse at it. I'm at, I'm on one Scott Carson just about on everywhere besides the Then a Closure Show. But anyway, going back to my niches, we're cranking out three to five episodes a week. We also took our Monday night webinars, Note Night in America, up here that we've been cranking out for 10 years, and started a podcast with well, that as a second podcast about, uh, well, I guess it was about six months after we started the Note Closure Show officially. So we have two podcasts. Part of that is why I did two podcasts versus one podcast is I saw a a really interesting discussion about owning your online real estate. And, you know, 
you would, I think we all would rather if somebody searches in Google that you want them to see four, five, six of your things versus one of you and five of your competitors or peers, right? But when people are going to Apple or iTunes and doing a search for me or search for notes, I don't want them to see me and then see six of my competitors. I want them to see my show and my other shows or my other things that they can see. So that's what we did. Note Night in America was just another spinoff. Um, that's done really well. That's only once a week, basically every Monday night. So it's it, basically all we do is record it, again, throw it to our audience and uh, you know, our, our produ- production company and go from there. And one of the great reasons for owning your real estate is when they search for it, when they search for Scott Carson, now, not only do they find the note closer show as one icon, but, you know, that, that small bit of real estate in a phone, they see the note closer show podcast. They also see note night in America. They also see uh, another podcast that we spin off from our annual event we do called note camp. And that's now a third podcast. Actually, it's four podcasts of note camp because we do one every year. It's only 30 plus episodes. Uh, but that's now been a podcast. Well, so we really own their search screen besides me appearing on other people's podcasts as guests in the search criteria for notes. So I own the note space. I own that square footage. Yes, there's other podcasts will pop about note investing or real estate that, that blossom. Here's some of our new students, which I'm extremely happy about. But we really own the niche. And that's one of the most important things I can tell you about when somebody thinks note investing, they think they, they think about me. Whatever your niche or your category, you want them to think about you. And that requires you to do more than just the, the basics. People like, oh, I want to have a million downloads. Well, to get a million, you got to do a lot of marketing. To get some uh, sponsors, you've got to provide value. It ain't just about your sponsors writing you a check to cover costs. You really need to give three to ten times the amount of value back to your sponsors so they find value. Several of my sponsors have been with from the very beginning. Now we're looking at four years later. Because we add value. We also look for ways to help them fit into not only our marketing, but other people we come across. Other podcasts I've guessed on. I try to get my sponsors as, as guests on those shows. Other events I'm speaking at, whether it's like Pod Fiesta or a real estate niche event, I try to get my sponsors to speak at or sponsor at those. So it's really a harmonious back and forth with our sponsors and our guests. Now, what's been surprising is that we continue to crank out episodes, not only three to five epi- you know, average. When we look at it on an annual basis, we average right at 3.5 episodes per week. Okay. Sometimes we batch, sometimes we do it. Sometimes we take a little bit of time off. Um, but we come out consistently, you know, three to five times a week. We see somewhere between 10 and 25,000 downloads per month. Um, and, and a couple of things that help with this. A lot of people don't do video. They just do the audio side. I really believe you're missing out on really three-fourths of the listeners or the audience out there that you can find. I mean, if you look at the podcasting statistics, this is based on U.S. numbers. I don't know what they are in Australia or where else. But 26% of the, the U.S. You know, listeners listen to podcasts. Well, if you're only doing audio and only doing podcasts, you're missing out on 74% of the audience out there. Now, I don't know what your niche is. My niche is really from 25 to 55. Uh Adults really, male, female, try to split down the middle. Not all of them are listening to podcasts, only like 26, 25% of them. So I make sure and take my audio when I record via Zoom. I upload the videos to YouTube. Um, I no longer do the live stream. We just go where we saw, found better video, better audio by recording it with Zoom and then doing a little bit of editing to the video just with our intro and outro and our logo and then re-releasing it the next day or two days later. 
uh, via restream and having it go live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and a few other places out there. People don't notice this. We still get a lot of engagement, but that has helped our audience because when I started polling my audience and my students and stuff like that, I asked them, hey, how do you come across your stuff? How do you watch your videos or our podcast? And three-fourths of them watch the videos. Only a fourth of them listen to podcasts. Now, that came into very handy here, like many podcasters, uh, with the COVID lockdown and people not going to the gyms and community as much. We did see a dip in our listenership on the podcasts, you know, on iTunes and everything else and our players as well. We saw a huge increase in YouTube views. So that's why it's important to really have your information anywhere that you're off listening to be. I don't do a lot with Instagram. I do, we do some images on there, but I don't upload my videos. I don't even do, I don't even do short little teaser videos on Instagram because we just don't see a lot of engagement on there. So I spend where I spend the most amount of my marketing and time on the, the niches or the places that my audience is at. And that is YouTube. Okay. Um, LinkedIn. We'll upload videos, upload links. We'll do short blogs, articles. We'll cover that in a second. And then Facebook as well. So we restream our videos, we re-release them, and we're constantly working to nurture. Now, I'm not one of these big guys that likes to post, oh, promote your podcast episode. That doesn't work unless you're in podcasting. When you've got a niche about podcasting, people that go the whole like for likes or share for shares, it really doesn't help you because if they're not in your niche, Liking something isn't really, it's just false. It's a facade of likes, all right? So I see people that post to 12 different uh, podcasting groups, and we didn't see any type of impact there versus me just wasting more time, and nobody really seen off it. Now, I do post episodes, articles, stuff like that, to Facebook groups that fall into real estate or note investing. That helps. That's a different thing versus, oh, share your podcast, blatant podcast advertising, podcast movies, pod, podcasts, those Big groups like that, since my niche is not about podcasting, it's about note investing, that's why I don't waste time there. So know where your audience is at, know where your avatar is at, and where they're spending your time. And you have to talk to people to find this out. You got I encourage you to ask your listeners to message you, to opt into something that you can give away. We've got an ebook that we give away. Uh, we do run different contests from time to time. we got some free training we give them. So we can collect their email, collect their information. When I collect their information, then I reach out to them. Hey, tell me about yourself. What are you? Let's talk. We've even done some live training on episodes where I said, okay, who wants to be interviewed on our podcast for 15 minutes where we do some hot seat coaching? That does really, really well, actually. So we'll get four to five people to RSVP for a 15 to 20 minute segment. We'll get them on the phone. We'll ask them what they're working on. You know, that kind of life's hot seat stuff. And that gives you a lot of value. Plus, I have my assistant go back and see who is liking my videos, who is commenting on my videos. And if you have enough in the hamper as far as episodes or things you've posted, you will soon find who your biggest cheerleaders are. And your biggest cheerleaders are are really your avatar. And you may want to name your avatar. And I know that my listener is somewhere between 35 and 65, college-educated homeowner, making somewhere between 75 to 250 a year in income. They're in management or sales or have an O in their title, like CEO, CTO, CMO. They have money, but they don't always have a lot of time, all right? Um, and it's split 50-50, so it's half women, half men. So I named my avatar my two biggest cheerleaders, Laura, after Laura Blunt, who's one of our loyal listeners, and Steve, after Steve Strout, who's the male version of Laura. Laura lives in Maryland, Steve lives in California, 
Okay. And we get a, a variety, obviously, of listeners. It may change some, but that's who you have to believe you're talking to. And what are the issues? If, I mean, if you really want to help your audience and have your audience engage, work on answering the issues and the problems that your avatar, or in my case, Laura and Steve are facing today. And I always try to think, hey, what are you focused on? What do you need help with? Not what I want to talk about. And that was a mistake that I, it took me about a year to figure out. I, you know, I'm, oh, I'm just diarrhea of the mouth, I guess you could say, just regurgitating everything I know on the channels. And I was always wondering, okay, why are some episodes doing better than others? And they're about the same amount of time. And I realized, looking back at it, you will soon see a pattern of hot buttons for your audience. Like I could talk about a variety of topics, but I know that three things really do well with my audience, really listen to. One is all about how to find deals or how to find notes in, in note investing. That's the number one thing. It always does well. Anytime I'm talking about type of ways to find deals, people listen. Second thing is about funding and raising capital. How do you do that? It's almost as hot of a button as like how to get a, a sponsorship as a podcaster, right? So I get money is the second thing. The third thing is about case studies, stories, deal, uh, you know, good, bad, ugly case studies. That's the number three thing that does well. So I always try to make sure and focus you know, our topic, I mean, we have a variety of topics. It's not just those three things, but I really do harp on those. If somebody, I could bring a guest on or talk about something about that, that falls in line a whole lot better. We even did a, uh, we even did a special series called the 20 day note investing challenge on 20 lessons on finding deals and 20 lessons on funding deals. Just finish this up. And we're actually including that as a bonus to our podcast listeners. If they want to listen to it, they want to get that training. All they've got to do is send me an email and we'll send them the links for that. And it's usually something we're selling for, you know, 300 bucks. Still get plenty of signups for that, but we'll send them the replays for free um, for sign up for that. And that's because that's a great way for me to be able to listen and listen to my audience or listen from my audience of what they're, what they're discussing and, and, and doing it. Like it's like we give away our, my ebook on Clubhouse. You want to run some different. Challenges, an ebook, a, a white page, an interview, a hot seat, a coaching call. There's so many different things out there you can do to get your audience engaged and reach out to. I don't worry about, um, you know, five star ratings. I mean, we got plenty. We got a couple hundred five star ratings. We do. We own the, the rating spot for any type of podcast in the note space. They're gonna have your normal trolls. That's okay. Guess guess what, everybody? If you start having trolls or people that are bashing you or people saying things about it, it's because you're doing something good. So please keep that up. Keep doing what you're doing, everybody, because the fact is if you people will take the time to hate on you, there's a lot of people out there, usually 10 times the amount or 15 times the amount of haters that actually love you, that they don't hate you. So think, keep that in mind. So we're really excited in our third year. Um, the Note Closer Show combined with Note Night in America and our Note Camp podcast surpassed the 1 million download mark. Never thought we would do it. Note Closer Show is like at 750,000 for the last four years. Note Night in America is uh, over 100, and then Note Camp's over 100,000 by itself as well. But here's the biggest thing. I just keep cranking. I don't look at my stuff to go viral. We have some videos that are at 14,000 views, average a couple hundred views, and our average uh, – Podcast listener episode ends up seeing about 1,500 to 2,000 downloads in the first 90 days. And that's what we track is our 90-day growth. You'll see people that go back and binge episodes. You'll see a sudden spike in some things. But for the most part, it's just we're cranking out. We're expecting to have 100 to 150 in the first day of an episode, 1,000 in the first 30 to 45 days, and then kind of go from there. It all depends on the content 
and from there. And now one tool that I think is so important in getting new listeners uh, to our show is the guest appearances. Uh, I, I challenge myself each year, and some of this will be like blowing away, but I challenge myself to be on, a, on another hundred other podcasts each year. It's two a week the way I look at it. And every time I'm on somebody else's podcast, it does feed listeners, subscribers to our show. So it's probably the number one thing I look at. Now, I like to track how effective those guest spots are at. So I actually created, I had my production company create another podcast, which is a playlist of my guest appearances called The Best of Scott Carson. All right. And we just use the audio from the other people's podcasts. We share it to that uh, playlist on iTunes and everything else. So I'm able to go back and see, oh, how many downloads did this episode get? How many downloads did this get for other people's uh, listenership? So that helps me out tremendously as well, seeing what's working, what things I said or other things I said that uh, help the hot buns of people that are listeners. Because I've had people reach out to me who've heard me on other people's podcasts. They binge my show, binge my YouTube channel, and they are willing to sign up for a workshop with me, you know, anywhere from 49 bucks all the way up for my one-on-one coaching at 15 grand a pop from listening to my show or listening on my podcast. So podcast is a great way. Look, here's the biggest thing. You have to realize it's a way for you to touch base with your audience. I know many people are doing podcasts as a, a hobby. Look, if you end up trying to do it all yourself and you find yourself spending 80% of your time editing or doing something you dislike, you're going to have pod fade very quickly. I did not want to edit my shows. I am not that detailed. Um, I like getting on, talking with people, teaching, and then offsetting the editing or the production of somebody else. And I'm, I'm very blessed. I've got an amazing podcast production company that I work with. If you'd like their intro, what they do, uh, which is part of our success, every time I upload an audio episode to their platform, they transcribe the whole episode for me. I mean, word for word, turn it into a blog. They log into my WordPress website. They upload it to my page. They create images or infographics of each episode. They send that to me. They upload that. They upload that to Dropbox. And my assistant can then email that out or post it to social media. If I have a guest, they'll take a quote and the head um, headshot of that guest and turn that into its own quote and image. And they'll send They'll send that quote, the uh, episode artwork, and the, all the links for the episode. They'll send that out directly to my guests so that they can share it. So I don't even have to send that out. When, all I've got to do is collect on the front end, enter their portal, and they'll do all that for me for basically 99 bucks an episode. So it's well worth the time. And, Frank, because it takes me over now. My episode, average episode is, is about 45 minutes. And when I heard people were spending an hour, two hours, three to four hours editing one episode, I was like, I don't have time to do that. I can't spend half my day on an episode. And kudos to you, but my time is better spent somewhere else. I'd rather spend 99 bucks an episode so I can go out and record more episodes or reach out to people and teach and and help sponsor that stuff. Now, what's nice with my uh, podcast production team, too, is they have dynamic ad insertion. So I can plug and play ads without them being baked in. So if I'm running a special promotion, or do, teaching a class, or when my vendors has a special promotion, we'll plug and play ads into my past episodes. So if somebody's listening to past episodes, they'll hear a new ad, not something from six months or two years ago. And that adds value with my sponsors. So if you'd like to get more information about that, just feel free. Book a time in my schedule, talkwithscottcarson.com. That's talkwithscottcarson.com. Um, 
you know, or, or you know, you can find me anywhere uh, on most of the social medias at one Scott Carson. That's the one, the number not spelled out. I'm here to help, ladies and gentlemen. I've had some really great mentors along the way, people, amazing podcasters who have helped me out. Look, if you're not using video, start using video. It helps. It will double your your audience base. And really, that's what we're all about. We're in the media space. It's not just about audio. It's about video, too, and other social media. You have to share everywhere your audience is at because they're not all just listening. And many podcasters got very frustrated because their numbers dropped dramatically. They weren't using video. And I'm talking just a, st- a stagnant image. I'm talking video like this, you and me, where you, people can see you. They like and trust you. They build rapport that way. And when people are watching you, whether it's, a, you know, across the hallway or across the continent, it builds a lot of rapport, having everybody see your facial expressions and be able to put a, a name with a face in a lot of cases. You know, I think we've all listened to podcasts where we heard a voice and when we saw the face, it didn't match up. And it, it, it you know, builds trust a lot faster. You have the video side of things and you can connect with people. So, look, I encourage you, get to cranking. If you're brand new, you don't have a lot of downloads, it's, you're just not sharing enough or you may want to increase your episodes and that'll almost double your downloads really fast. I'm not a fan of the short podcast and no offense. Anybody has one five to 15 minutes is great. Uh, don't get in comparanoia where you're comparing your show to something like that. You know, John Lee Doss with the entrepreneurs on fire. He's got the 15 minute episodes. Yeah. Somebody can listen to you on fire and listen to four episodes compared to my one episode an hour long, but they're gonna get more value from my one hour. So be competitive, talk to other people in your industry doing something similar and see how their numbers worked out, but just keep cranking it, keep giving value. That's what you have to realize successful podcasts are doing. They're giving value and not expecting any type of feedback, not expecting any type of give back. Well, it comes if you keep recording it, your success will come. Um, be your biggest sponsor, be your biggest affiliate. I mean, if you're looking to try to make some money, hey, talking with people that have affiliate opp- uh, opportunities, affiliate sponsorships where I'll give you an example. Last night on Note Night in America, we had a buddy of mine who's offering a class. It's a $299 class for two days. We allowed him to talk about that. We had um, like six or seven signups. I get half of that. So I made 600 bucks, 700 bucks during an hour, or an hour and a half. And, hey, that, that'll pay for a few episodes. That'll pay for seven episodes of podcast production for me. Um, so look at affiliates. I have also a lot of spon- uh, affiliate sponsors in the softwares or things I, I can use, like Restream.io. Uh, they have an affiliate split. Uh, Repurpose.io is a great tool to take your Facebook Live videos and, and set them up where they automatically upload to YouTube and a few other things with some nice images and stuff like that. They've got an affiliate uh, sponsorship. Live Leap, if you have multiple Facebook groups. That you control, you can upload a video to your Facebook page and LiveLeap will recognize that and share it to other groups that you run. So those things save a ton of hours. And then just pay attention. There's a lot of great conferences, you know, uh, PodFiesta, you've got some great speakers on here, PodFest, Podcast Movement that are, that have online versions of large, uh, Facebook groups and, or provide video training on there. A lot of things are great, but just look, t- look at, look at the people in your niche. And then go look at their websites. Go look at what they're doing. How often are they releasing uh, videos? How often are they releasing episodes? What are they doing well? What are they not doing well? And that's the number one thing that we do is we do more than anybody else in our niche. And we do it on a budget. We Systems, automatic. We do spend a little bit of money. But it is very affordable when you start looking at our niche. And the real estate niche, most people will pay more versus like a hobby or comics. That might be one thing to think about, too. 
is what is your what are your buying habits of your listeners of your avatar if they're used to buying real estate you know you know 30 50 100 200,000 dollar properties they'll gladly pay for a membership for $97 a month you know uh, or pay for a class that's 500 bucks if you're basically dealing with somebody who's buying t-shirts or 20 to 30 dollars their buying habits are 20 to 30 dollars so they have a much more limited budget on sponsorships or things like that too that they can can roll so keep that in mind Start a start a private Facebook group for your listenership. Ask some questions there. Ask your audience to comment. Let them know where you're at. It's I, I don't really ask people to leave a five star review or go and subscribe. People automatically do that if they like your show. They'll go ahead and do that themselves. Yeah, I will do it every once every four or fifth episode. We'll make sure. Hey, make sure you hit the subscribe button. But the biggest thing I can tell you is just start sharing your show where your audience is. Don't just do audio. It's very easy to record with video these days than it used to be. It's not a lot of work. Don't let the old dogs of podcasting say, oh, if you do video, it's not a podcast. Yes, it is. We're all in the media business. We're all in the show business that you say, and you might as well get your message out to where everybody is at. And share it via video. It's where everybody's going. Audio is great. All right. But you got to really leverage both, both mediums and social media to get the word out you are doing. So I, I encourage you once again, everybody. Hey, Congrats for being here at Pod Fiesta. Thank you for having me so much. Once again, if you'd like to schedule a free call, glad to talk podcasting with you. You can go to talkwithscottcarson.com. That's talkwithscottcarson.com and then schedule 30 minutes directly in my calendar. And I'd love to talk with you. So go out, take some action, everybody. And we'll look forward to seeing you at the top of the charts. Bye. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com